How are homeowners and renters in Virginia like us who work hard, pay taxes, manage relationships, grow careers, trying to discover new ways to save and make money, meet new people, find amazing restaurants, and keep up on the latest real estate deals, all while becoming a smarter, happier, and healthier member of our communities? That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Cheryl Spangler, your personal tour guide through this journey into the underworld of Northern Virginia. Today, I want to introduce you to something called Jeremiah Community. This is a solution that has been created for solving homelessness in the city of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Now, I'm going to talk about kind of a backstory of how it came about, what they're doing, what their purpose is, how it's going to work, a little bit of Q&A on things you might be asking yourself as I go along and talk about it, and then lastly, how you can get involved, contribute money, get a tax write-off of it, and help people. And this isn't the first of its community. There's other communities, and in the end, I might talk about those. But for the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to talk about something, a community that was created by a series of four to five churches over a period of 15 years and trial and error of trying to help homeless people, home the homeless community in Fredericksburg, Stafford, and Spotsylvania, Virginia. So in 2005, about four churches got together and called themselves the Micah Ministries. And this organization or this group of people, volunteers, community members, churches, invested their time and money and, the, and their efforts and their knowledge into how to solve the homeless population that were running the streets. Now, this is happening everywhere. Now, if you don't know the history of me and homelessness, I have not preached talked about, tried to find solutions for a variety of ways, homelessness in D.C., held events, talked about how we could have, if only, you know, mil- veterans who are homeless who could collect money due to them, could have some sort of free service for a mailbox that they could receive their money because, uh, you know, if you're not aware, if you're homeless and you don't have an address, it's hard to get a job. If you don't have an address, it's hard to get mail, of course. If you don't have an address, you can't get money that's due to you by the government, by the local state, by the VA. So I have I have talked about that in so many things, and that's why I was very, very interested when I... Um, actually, my son sent me a Snapchat of a, uh, a banner that was sitting... It was just like sitting out in the middle of uh, this parking lot. And I was like, what the heck is that? Jeremiah Community it talked about tiny homes, something I'm very interested in doing. And, but, but its focus was to help the homeless community. So in 2005, churches got together and they developed you know, a plan to get the homeless people of the Fredericksburg, Stafford, Spotsylvania area, which typically they would hang out in the Fred City because they would have access to the Fred bus, uh, conveniences, restaurants, shops like streets. I mean, it was basically easy to, to track around. If you live in Stafford, it's more of a bedroom community. You know, you you have to drive far. I mean, basically out in the woods in the middle of nowhere, not even near restaurants. So they would tend to gather more in Fredericksburg City. 
and it was becoming a little overwhelming. And so all of a sudden there was a cleanup. What I didn't realize what it was this Micah Ministries. And so over from the time of 2005 until about three years ago, they have trial and error tried to get homeless population, people who are dealing with homelessness into temporary housing, rehabilitated if they're disabled, rehabilitated if it's alcohol or drugs, rehabilitated if it's just even emotional stress, and into temporary housing, eventually into an apartment. And what they found during the, I'm speeding up this whole like um, summary here, but what they found over the last 15 years, 12 to 15 years, is that a lot of things that keep people or make you make people go homeless send them back to being homeless and a lot of the solutions that they found getting someone into an apartment on their own or just even trying to get them help they end up more isolated when they're in an apartment and enclosed in four walls than they were out among their friends and the homeless community of people that actually did help them and so Flipping to the end solution here, they are proposing something called a Jeremiah community. And this is somewhere between 30 and 180 tiny houses in a single spot, like a 5 to 10 to 15 acre area, where around these tiny homes would be central um, like amenities. It would be an entire community of tiny homes to build a community of people and support system like they do now, but they do it all over the place in the city. They run from here to Spotsylvania to Fredericksburg and different areas of Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania and Stafford. But it's kind of like it's becoming challenging to keep track or to help or to coordinate. You know, there's medical staff, there's case managers, there's, you know, volunteers, there's food events, there's temporary housing events, there's all the things that they do, this solution puts it all into one cohesive area where more assistance could be provided. And so Jeremiah Community came about for two in two ways. Number one, a very long-standing gentleman veteran was a homeless person in Fredericksburg City for 22 years or 20-some years, and they finally were able to get him into a home where he would accept and stay there because this is a trend over time. Living a certain way becomes ritual, becomes normal, and that's what you tend to go back to regardless if someone says, why don't you come in and home? I'll give you a free house to live in. You know, it's not just that easy, right? So they did, after so many years, get this guy, Jeremiah, into a place, and, and that is partly why they called it the Jeremiah community because he's one man named Jeremiah but everyone who's homeless, who struggles with coming into their own residence, staying there and being, I don't know, I guess you could call a productive member of society, but just self-sufficient for themselves and feel comfortable doing that on their own. They're all Jeremiah's. They're all Jeremiah's. And so the second reason why they call it Jeremiah community, from the scripture in the Bible, Jeremiah 29 5-9, which says, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And so together with those two intertwining things, 
they've created and named this community of tiny houses that will become permanent forever homes for homeless people in and around the city who do not, if they decide to graduate out of the tiny home and go into some other solution, that's fine. This is not temporary housing. This is not group home. This is not assisted living. This is simply a community to assist. This is where neighbors can live affordably, have purpose, and grow meaningful relationships. Because when you take a homeless person out of their the homeless community, whether it's in the woods, on the streets, in the corner, wherever it is that they're living, they are meeting people, they are finding some sense of community. Take them out of that. If you do not create another sense of community somewhere, they're finding them dead. They're going back to homelessness and finding, and they're not, they're not graduating from any existing problem that they have. Let me explain. The, the thing here is that homeless, homelessness occurs primarily due to some profound catastrophic loss without supportive people or relationships or family around you. Um, you will lose, you know, people can lose their home and deteriorate mentally and physically, eventually accepting the instability of being homeless and having no purpose, no job and disconnection from society as their new normal. Approximately 8% of people in a given community experience homelessness at least once in their lifetime. If you didn't, that's shocking. Um, for most people who, where it occurs a single time in their life, it never happens again. 30% of those who become homeless get stuck in a cycle that lasts a year or more, sometimes decades. And these people have serious complex disabilities sometimes, and it makes it very difficult to regain or maintain some kind of stable housing without a support system. So taking them out of the support system that they have acquired, which is on the street, and putting them alone in just like an apartment, no matter who would be paying for it, unless you're planning to do continue the management of that person and monitoring, helping, it it doesn't end. It doesn't always end in a positive ending. I mean, what's been done so far, which is kind of what's being done in a lot of cities across the United States, is that they you know place people into site apartments. Um, that are either purchased with city funding or people invest or community members help or churches help or whatever is going on in each city has its own thing. And it's a proven initiative called Housing First, which basically gained notoriety across the U.S. in 2006. And it means focus on finding someone a house first and then help them with whatever it is that, may, that caused them to be homeless second, right? To find them a house first without a precondition like sobriety, mental health treatment, or employment. It is true that within two years of housing placement, 88% of people who are housed out of homelessness do not return to the street or a shelter. That's a great, great thing. Now, one of the things I thought when I was reading about this Jeremiah community idea, the idea of putting an entire community on five to 10 acres of tiny houses together that serves and helps the homeless population is, is it a good idea for people who have experienced homelessness to live together in one community? I was thinking that, right? And the answer is that once someone is in permanent housing, they're no longer homeless, but they have shared trauma of losing housing, surviving together on the street or living in shelters. And it creates a connection between the people that they were 
friends with on the street, current and former homeless neighbors. So intentionally separating them from their former community or friends and back into mainstream society removes them from their natural support system. So what this community is doing is bringing in former homeless um, people, current homeless people, plus other people that are community helpers that are going to be supporting the community all into one physical location. You know that your family, no matter who comes in or out of your life, your family understands you more than anything. And when you're homeless, the people that are on the street with you become your family. And to take you away from that, technically family, and put you just somewhere else, you know, isn't always a positive thing. Housing alone will not solve homelessness. If you said, I have enough money to buy everyone who's homeless a home, that is not gonna actually solve it because they don't have the community of support and people. Housing alone will not solve homelessness, community will. So what makes the Jeremiah community so unique? That's the goal of this podcast is to share what makes it so unique so you can get involved. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're in Ohio and Chicago and New York, San Francisco, Dallas, Utah, Idaho, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, you can create a version of this Jeremiah community if you just knew that it existed, which it does. So what do you have to do to qualify to live in this community? In order to be eligible, you must be chronically homeless. This means that you have had to have lived on the street or in a shelter for at least 12 months or four times in a three-year period um, and or have a disabling condition. All the residents are required to complete you know, the assessment, the background check and stuff like that so they can verify some of that stuff. And the number of homes in the community that they're hoping immediately, actually, they need 80 to 160 homes. 80 to 160 homes. So if you have money and you are wanting to donate and you are wanting to contribute to the health and wealth of the society of the community you live in and you are anywhere near or you live in the state of Virginia and you're looking for somewhere to put your money to actually make a real difference in many generations of lives, you could offer $40,000 to sponsor one home for $40,000. They are in need of 80 to 160 immediate homes because they say on average in the Stafford, Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania area, on average every night, there's around 200 homeless people. How long can people live in the community? Well, forever. This is not temporary housing. It's not group home, it's not temporary. It offers permanent housing. People who live there will have a lease. They will pay rent. They can make their own decision year to year on whether they wanna stay or not. If they wanna leave, they can leave. Anyone who qualifies can live there as long as they desire, as long as they're a good neighbor. While the average American lives age of 75, by the way, most people who have spent time on the street in a homeless environment only live to be in their mid-50s. What about immigrants? Well, undocumented people will be screened according to the same criteria as anyone who's documented. And they must complete the assessment, undergo a background check, and prove residency in the Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg region for at least one year. But residents who live there will be provided with on-site amenities like a community center with a large gathering area, uh, kitchen, laundry room, a health clinic, computers, books, video libraries. There's going to be a community center with various classes, activities, and events. 
that all the residents are going to be able to take part in free. And on the grounds, there's going to be a community garden, a workshop, a, neighbor sto a neighborhood store, an outdoor grill, storm shelters, a residential care team. There's going to be assigned spiritual care team, social services and care providers. And there's going to be partnerships. Maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my God, like I'm a business. I could whatever you can provide to this community, you could be a partner. Agencies, churches, businesses, community members. You got to know that this is not the first time that this exists. This is a proven model. They're just utilizing the technology we have with affordable tiny houses as a solution. Finally, people are coming around to the tiny house solutions. And it doesn't have to be for the homeless community. You could listen to this and say, let's do this entire community idea, meaning develop a piece of land large enough to house 80 to 200 tiny homes and have it not be homeless people. It could be middle-class people, it could be upper-class people, and you could create all kinds of cool amenities. Because whether you're in this homeless community or the middle-class community or a upper-class community, most of the time when people are in tiny homes, they do wanna be where things are convenient to access. You know, they wanna live in a more affordable house and spend their money in other ways, but they still wanna be close to things. I think it's rare to find someone who wants to live literally out in the middle of of nowhere on 10 acres with a tiny, tiny home, right? Um, typically, you want to be around people because, well, okay, two things. You either want a tiny home because you want to be a nature-going human, okay, more focused on the outside than the inside world, on the outdoors than the indoors, or you want just something simple that you can be close to everything and just have a small home. So for those of you listening to this wondering where else in the world is this happening? Well, here are some other communities that are providing attainable, affordable housing for people. There is a community first village in Austin, Texas. And I'm gonna put some of the links in this podcast uh, below in the description, but it's mlf.org. It's a 51-acre master plan community that provides affordable, permanent housing and supportive community for men and women coming out of chronic homelessness. There's also another one called Eden Village of the Gathering Tree in Springfield, Missouri, and it's edenvillageusa.org. And Eden Village is a program of, uh, they call it a program of the Gathering Tree. It's a 501c, so a nonprofit that was created as a proven concept of building relationships and tiny home communities for homeless households who have a disability. Eden Village provides uh, housing and loving supportive communities of hospitality to the city chronically disabled homeless population. And third, Innisfree, Charlottesville, Virginia. Innisfree is the location. And it's innisfreevillage.org. And so this is a third location, and there's a fourth I'm going to tell you. In, in, in Innisfree, Charlottesville, is a fully licensed residential community for adults with intellectual disabilities that sits on 550 acres in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's a life-sharing model where residents and volunteers, caregivers, live as families in the community of 15 houses. Now, that may not be tiny houses, but it's the same model. And lastly, there's one in La Arche Community, USA, and that's 
intentional communities where people with and without disabilities live together, form friendships and share life together. It's just another, it's another location where they've realized that you can't just put homeless people out of tents and into apartments. You can't just kick them out of the city either. I mean, they have, they're homeless for a reason. It's going to take not only homes, but individual homes, which is why tiny homes are perfect, and also a support system. It's not just the home, it's the community and the home. But the tiny homes allow people to, lots of people to live in one community, not in tents and not in apartment buildings, but in an individual home, but 400 square feet each, but still close by to their other friends and community members and easily accessible for support people to access and help without kind of running all over a city 30 to 45 minutes away because one apartment complex is on one side of the city and the other is on the other side of the city. Please let me know what you think and if you plan on contributing, starting your own community, what thoughts are running through your head, what amazing inspiration you have after listening to this. Consider being a part of it, learning more and getting involved. If you have something to share our listeners, product or service, or you would like to be a guest on the show, reach out to me at lifeinnorthernvirginia.com. See you next time.